Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every show, we got a great show for you today because every artist is great that we bring on. And today we have Forty Hayes coming on. He's done some great things, got a great sound. And when we listened to his song earlier, we really we feel like you already hear it on the radio. And it's really oh, that yes, good of a, a song. song. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, thank Forty, you. are you here? Yeah, so, I'm here. Um, I'm here. <laughs> so, how um, are you doing? Right now, I'm doing good. Through this good. Corona stuff, I always like to start out with a little bit of, you know, how it's affected you a little bit. You know, that way when people go back and listen to this five years from now, mm-hmm. they'll remember. Oh, he was in the middle of this. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's just it's affected me like it has everybody else. I mean, here it is, a brand new artist coming out as far as you know, a national artist act, and we're trying to get off and out on the road. And here it is that you know we're having shows canceled. My my last Fourth of July show was just canceled, which was kind of the one I was hoping that would come on, you know. And but it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's part of the times we're living in, and and I'm just doing my part, you know, like everybody else. So just hanging in there with it. But it's it's affected me as far as shows and getting out, being able to shake hands and, and do all the stuff I need to be doing right now promoting yeah. this new song. So it's definitely taking because it is a face to face business. Do, but it is. It's definitely that. I mean, you want mm-hmm. to shake the hands and. And like I said in one of my interviews the other day, I said, I want to meet the grandma, and you want to get it, you know, involved with the family and, and the people that follow you. And, and, you know, I want to sign hats and give away merchandise, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's uh, it's where we're at right now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, something is, is when the whole virus started, I remember I told Sandy, because we launched a show in uh, January 3rd, and you're mm-hmm. now 130th interview. And I remember when the thing got shut down. I was like, you know what? This is our time to shine because what we do doesn't don't have to slow down. We stepped it That's up. Right. I mean, <laughs> and and we're yeah. like, you know what? A lot a lot of these artists that normally wouldn't come on a newer show, I bet will come on, and we've lucked up there. Oh, they so will. They will. I think I'm, that, I'm happy to be here. So. Oh, we're glad to have you here. Today. So thank you. So as we get started here, um, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you, because I like to get to know the artist, not just the music. Yeah, I mean, I'm from uh, originally from Mendenhall, Mississippi. Uh, you know, I was born and raised there. Uh, born in 1988, so I'm 32 years old. And like I said, mm-hmm. I've been doing music since I was, you know, I've been doing music my whole life. I mean, as far as liking music and being a part of music, I've always enjoyed it. But uh, my mom actually, she worked uh, part time for some security stuff at the Coliseum in Jackson, and I got to go in and meet Travis Tritt's crew and all that about five oh, yeah. years old. And, and I and I love motorcycles. I started riding a motorcycle at three years old, and at five, I, you know, I had my first motorcycle at three years old. At five, I got another one, and, and at that concert, Travis Tritt came on stage on, on a Harley, you know, and I thought that was the most <laughs> coolest thing in the world. And I already already love country music. So at that time, my mom said the night we left, she said, you just, you know, she said, I knew when you told me that that's something you wanted to do. She said, I just knew that that would be a part of you, you know. And so the older I got, you know, I was in school and, you know, I did the FFA and did all the same stuff that, you know, a lot of kids do from where we're from. But I'd um, I'd just, I'd go to the VFW with my dad sometimes. My dad, that was the thing he did. And and where we were from, there's not a whole lot to do, you know. So we would, uh, Mm -hmm. we'd go out and, get to go on stage at DFW and do karaoke. Next thing you know, I'll get to get up with the band, and then I'd go somewhere else, and they'd say, we're here, how you sing? Mm-hmm. And that was it. And, and so that was just kind of where my music grown from, you know, grew up from, was from down there just being able to do those things. It wasn't talent shows or doing that type of stuff. It was just really, mm-hmm. truly real-life places, you know. And then, uh, and then, like I said, later on in life, I uh, worked at 18. I ended up... Uh, 
I went to work for a seismographing company right out of school, and and I did that for a little while, and then I got on a big rig, and uh, I did some you know yeah. some oil rig stuff for a while, and mm-hmm. after that I ended up uh, going to Nashville uh, doing music. I, oh, I wow. just you know I had a cousin that played and sang, and he said, man, we really need to go up there and live. We were both going through some stuff, you know, with women at the time. We had broke up and all that type of stuff, and he had broke up with his girlfriend, and he said, let's just move up there mm-hmm. and get away. And we we <laughs> went up and started doing music, and next thing you know, we started we started making rounds and and, and getting in places. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, and we looked up one day, and it was more than what we thought it was going to be, you know. So he actually oh, wow. kept moving back home, had a, had a mm-hmm. family, but it just kept growing for me, and and then here we are today. But but as far as me, <laughs> oh yeah, he's he his he he got cut off. His phone number's gone. Oh, his phone might have dropped the call. Technical difficulties. Yep. Oh, there he is. Okay. We got cut off. There, there you are. Put- <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> like we were just talking gave me back about to the before the show. Uh oh. Oh wow. <laughs> well, Technical difficulties. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> that's a little bit about me. I'm from Mississippi. Like I said, I worked on oil rig, and then I ended up being in Nashville and seen going back and forth on music. And to be honest with you, I never really felt like I'd take it this far. I just thought it would be mm-hmm. a, a part time in my life mm-hmm. that I'd look back on someday and had a good time. And then here we are today. We got a song that's just doing good on the mm-hmm. top tracks, Apple Music, and, uh, and here we are. You know. So, so when cool. did you, when did you know that this could be a career? Since you said that this, you really didn't yeah. know for a while. So, well, so at what you point? Just, you know, Go ahead. So, so just saying, at what point did that click where you're like, wow, this this not only is working, but yeah. I can live on this? Yeah, well, in 2011, I had, a, uh, I had met Tommy Barnes, you know, here in Nashville, and mm-hmm. he gave me a song called Life in the Slow Lane, and we put it out on iHeartRadio, and it was a local contest thing at, the, at that time. You know, it's, uh, they had some kind of deal for two weeks. It ran, and, you know, you got your top numbers, this and that. Well, we put it on there, and it my mom sent me an email back. She said, look at this in less than two weeks' time. It was sitting number 19 on the top 20 on demand. And uh, we didn't even wow. have any, you know, have any publicists. We didn't have any management team. We didn't have anybody. We oh, just wow. had a song that Tommy Barnes believed in, let me record. And we had one little ro- local radio station who was doing the, the, the deal for iHeartRadio. And next thing you know, I got a song number 19 on the top 20 in 2011. So I think as far as, like, the actual time, not being a 5-year-old or 13-year-old, you know, and, and dreaming, but... I think the actual time we knew that we could do something with it was, was right then, you know. So oh, wow. that was my turning point, I guess is what we call it. So. Yeah, because you just, when it comes to music, you never know when that turning point is going to be because sometimes people know when they're young that it, there's nothing mm-hmm. else. And then other people yeah. like you where, where things just line up and you're like, whoa, yeah. you know. <laughs> you're just, everything yeah, just falls come out of nowhere, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Tommy Barnes wrote Indian Outlaw. He wrote... Uh, he wrote so many of my love for little Texas. I mean, the list can go on all day. And it was for a man mm-hmm. like that, you know, I was actually, and you talk about things lining up, it's funny you say it that way because I was actually, mm-hmm. I played, you know, I played the bars. So when I moved to Nashville, uh, you know, I was here, I was 18 years old. So I was still mm-hmm. working back home, coming back and forth, you know, had an apartment in Bellevue, doing all the stuff that everybody does. And, and so Nashville had a law came out that you had to be 21 or up to get in a bar where they allowed smoking. Oh, wow. And I think now that law is a lot of the bars don't smoke, but you just got to be 21 or up to get in even now. 
Well, that happened, yeah. like I said, right when I moved here. Mm-hmm. So you talk about a hurtful deal because, you know, I was used to walking oh, yeah. and getting X's on my hands and getting up there, mm-hmm. you know, being able to sing or do whatever, just having to walk around those on my hands, you know, mm-hmm. or saying don't serve in my call, I guess. So so that was uh, – <laughs> so when we got to the, the point to where that happened, I mean, that crushed me because I thought, well, I won't be able to do this. Well, Miss Kelly's is a bar in Printer's Alley, so and there was also Fiddling Steel, and that's where Rascal Flats was found. You know, they were, they mm-hmm. played there, and just that was like a really historical place. Well, I had a lot of friends there, where they would do like live music for an hour or so in the afternoons, maybe two hours, let you come in and do an acoustic set, and then that night later on, like eight or nine, they would actually have karaoke. So mm-hmm. I got in friends with everybody there, and I actually had just went by there because they were the only place that would let me in, and I hate to even throw them under the bus a little bit, but. They would let me in, and they say, "Hey, if somebody goes and comes mm-hmm. in checking lights, just go out the back door." You know, well, that was just because mm-hmm. you know I'd made friends with them, and they believed in what I was here yeah. trying to do. So it was a, mm-hmm. a good place to be. Well, I was actually there singing karaoke one night. I, I not like song after song, but but he said, "Hey, get up there and yeah. sing this song for us." And, and I got up and sang a song, and um, guy came up to me that that did the karaoke, and he said, "Hey, that man right there wants to talk to you." Well, he didn't tell me who that man was at all. He just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy, he started talking to me, and he kind of pushed the door open. We went on out the front, went up the alley, and there's a parking mm-hmm. garage right there. And, and he was parked there and kind of get to the back of his car. And I'm still standing, you know, I'm still in kind of getting in defense mode. Like, what are we doing out here? And how do we end up here? What, what's going on? You know? <laughs> and uh, he, he pops the trunk of the car, and I kind of step back like, okay, what's going happen here? And he reaches in there, yeah. and, and he reaches in there, and he, he says, hey, I'm, you know, I, I guess I need to introduce myself. I'm Tommy Barnes. He said, here's four of my CDs in a box set. He said, I want you to listen to him and give me a call tomorrow. I'm a songwriter. Well, not being ugly, but at the time I didn't know who he was. And, you know, it's like everybody yeah. in Nashville is somebody, mm-hmm. at some point, you know, during <laughs> this part of your career. And, mm-hmm. and they all, you know, everybody's out to help you. Well, it seems like, but some of them, you know, kind of a little rocky. Well, I just thought, I said, well, the heck is some guy that's, you know, got a CD deal here and he's wanting to listen to it, and whatever. So I went on that night pulled the computer up, and I think, and looked on, you know, I guess it was MySpace or something back then, you know, and found out who he was, mm-hmm. and Googled him, and did all that stuff, and found out he was a hit songwriter, and so I <laughs> called him the next day, and he said, hey, I got this song, he said, I, I kind of want to put your voice on it if, if you want to, he said, it won't cost you anything, he oh, said, wow. I've got a producer that, that will actually produce you for it, and he said, let's see how it sounds, he said, I love your voice, I said, well, that'd be cool, he said, call me on Tuesday and I'll get you in. Well, this is at those points where we're talking about, like, lining up, you know, if things are lining uh-huh. up, lining up. Well, I called him on Tuesday morning, and I said, are we still good? He said, yeah, buddy, we're good. He said, can you meet me on Hayes Street? And I said, that's my last name, don't you? So here it is, my last name's Hayes, and I'm going to meet him on Hayes Street in Nashville. So how crazy was that whole ordeal, you know? So I uh-huh. said, well, uh, yeah, so he gives me the address, you know, whatever it was, 1700 Hayes Street or whatever, and, we go down there and we meet at the studio and, and we record that. And, and like I said, the recording was kind of meant as a demo. I sent it to my mother. My mother, you know, us being from Mississippi and not having stuff like that around and just people mm-hmm. asking about how I'm doing in Nashville or whatever, she was sharing it with people. And mm-hmm. and like I said, that iHeartRadio deal came up and she just posted it out there to that. She sent it in the link and <laughs> did it all there. Oh, wow. There it was. And the thing, you know, in two weeks it was, and Tommy called. He's like, how'd that happen? I was like, I don't know. So it was just uh, <laughs> kind of cool to see how it all happened but it was all you know i i, I don't know if i can say this but it's all god sense you know it's all a, a lined up yeah. deal you know so oh yeah we're, all we're, you know? we're a big so, believer in god and all yeah, that we have well, no problem too. people and going that, that way with god, that, that was god sense yeah yeah okay well i just want to make sure yeah. but that was uh <laughs> that was all it was you know so and that's how yeah. i believe it happened so 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, that's just like with our show. You know, here, I think we've done more in the first six months than we we. We got people coming on our show that are that we would think it would take a year or two to get our show off the ground yeah. before we could get them on. And we've got our biggest artist coming on Monday, Cassidy Pope. Awesome. Yeah. And and we're like, this is only God. It can only be God. You know. Oh yeah. It's, it's got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely working for me right now, so that's that's why I keep him out there. You know, he's he's good for me, and I definitely follow him. And you know, that's where I've been, and that's where my heart's at, and that's where you know I'll always be that guy. You know, because without him, I don't believe none of this would line up for any of us. You know, so. And I hope you stay that way. I, I believe you will, based on what you're saying. Oh, I will. Um, because you know, mm-hmm. you, you see a lot of artists um, that when when they get big, they they still talk about God, but they do it in a different way. And um, they do, yeah. And and, and like I, I remember um, growing up, it seemed like you know eighty percent of the people would always give God the glory at a awards at a country music awards show. The last yeah. few years, the thing that we've noticed is there's only one there's only one artist or I should say band that actually um, gives God the credit or, and really gives Christ the credit, and that's Florida yeah. Georgia Line. They're the only yeah. ones. Yeah, I mean there, could, there may yeah. be more, but but when ones that we've seen past few years, it just seems like that they're the main ones that still do that, which is really cool that they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where that's where I'd be at, and that's the first, you know, my first and foremost. <laughs> so, and there's a lot of people, you know, working behind the scenes for me now. You know, I got an awesome guy mm-hmm. managing me right now, mm-hmm. and and like I said, he's uh he's been whispering Bill twenty years this week. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen some stuff he was posting. I mean, he's done some amazing things, and he's got a. Lewis Price. I mean, they've got some huge artists they're working with, and just to be a, a part of their team and what they're doing for me too, as well. Man, it's just that's all a blessing. I mean, those guys have, have come to me. You know, the Atkins publicity. Those those people are working day and night. I've got a social media lady. She's. I mean, she's texting me at ten, eleven o'clock at night. Don't forget this interview. Uh, Kelly from the mm-hmm. publicity company. She's like, hey, call in at such and such time. Don't be late. You know, it's a live <laughs> deal, and so it's always cool to. It's cool to, to you know have people in place because they know I'm handling my business, but they're also there. They're wanting you to know they got your back. Hey, we know you, you already know what's going on, but but be here for that, you know. And so that's uh, yeah. that's always cool, you know. So we got so many people behind the scenes and, and so much, but yeah, everything uh, everything's lining up, you know. So yeah. and you know, it's, it's funny you're talking about your team because later in the show you kind of took one of my questions away from me because one Uh-oh. one of my questions I, that I always ask every <laughs> artist. Is because you know a lot people see um, the artist, but they don't see the team. And I always give an artist a chance to take a couple of minutes to talk about the different team members because again, oh, yes, um, they're important. just as important as you are. Yeah, they they are very important to me. Every one of them's got a different role, and every one of them is. I mean, I've been knowing the, my manager for over five years, and I didn't never talk to him about managing me. I mean, it was like I've just been huh. in Nashville doing my thing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how it all just worked out, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh. He, with, with this song when it released and or not before it was released actually we recorded it and I had a local radio station back home that played it and I put a little deal on my Facebook and Lee, he's like why didn't you send me that like he never did say that he would help me or not help me but I just didn't want to go through yeah. it because we're friends you know and, yeah. and then next yeah. thing you know when he helped me we're you know things are like whoa it's happening so fast you know but it's all uh, it's all part of the team and, and like I said each one mm-hmm. of them has a different job role you know uh, I guess you know, the, the publicity, they've got so much going on behind the scenes. And then my social media girl, she's keeping up with everything. And like I said, 10, 11 o'clock at night, hey, send me this code or 
she's trying to get signed in and it's blocking her off or something, you know, because of the, another device trying to sign in or this or that. So we talk <laughs> a whole lot and she's keeping me lined up and keeping me straight on stuff. And then you have, uh, like I said, Lee, hey, don't be late. And then publicity come, hey, we got this interview for you. And these interviews are every day, and which is a blessing, mm. you know, too. And and so they're, you know, saying this is what we want to ask you questions about. Sending me, uh, mm-hmm. I bet I've answered, uh, I bet I've got, I don't know, in the last week since this thing's released, I, I promise you I've probably done, I don't know, 15 or 16 that I've had to write out 20 or 30 questions for, you know, and you sit in there and they say, talk about <laughs> yourself, and that's one of my hardest ones to struggle about because, you know, I'm just oh, wow. a person that, like everybody else, and I'm from Mississippi. I just, I don't have, I don't, I just, that's one of my weaknesses is just talking about myself yeah. because, it's the people yeah. around me that actually help me and get through. And without them, I couldn't do this, you know. So I'm just, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm appreciative of them, and I almost want to talk about them more than I do myself, you know. So that's where <laughs> and, I get lost. And, and you know, sometimes. but uh, and and you know something too, which is, um, you were talking about PR team and setting up the interviews. Yeah. I'll be honest, when we first launched, um, this show, I almost didn't like PR companies. I, di- I didn't understand yeah. the process. Because, no, again, yeah. we're new to all this. I mean, we've been in the industry yeah. for a while, but we never interviewed people like this. And I remember yeah. I set an interview up with somebody, and, oh, my God, a PR company reached out to me, almost cussed me out, and, uh-huh. and, and then explained to me yeah. why, that you don't do that. You go through a PR company yeah. no matter what. So I yeah. reached out to a friend of mine who's kind of a mentor about that because I was really upset. Yeah. And he explained to me and really made me understand, look, these PR companies, if they set an, an interview up and you set one up also at the same time, you're going to have problems. He says oh, yeah. it needs to be only one person setting up interviews. Right. And, and I, 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 it clicked. I, he said it will be chaos if you don't do it that way. So I – so now okay. I love PR companies because I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah. this is great because cause I, I get yeah, four sure or five or six you. people at a time. Oh, my oh, God, God. it's so much easier. Yeah. I almost right. don't want to – when an artist pitches themselves, I almost don't want to do it because I'm almost like yeah. – well, because I've learned for in most cases, not all cases, that artists who have PR companies are better prepared for interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know what time to call and in. We've we only had one hiccup. I mean, yeah, the song released, you know, last Friday, and we've only had one hiccup. So we've had so many of them because of the <laughs> songs done well. It was on the hot tracks of Apple Music. So mm-hmm. of course, then oh, we had a lot yeah. of. We had to do a right off the bat after about I think it was nine or ten hours after the song released, they had to go in and uh-huh. do a press release because they want they had so many people <laughs> like so they were like, hey, y'all got to you know oh, put wow. out this press release deal. So it was pretty awesome. Wow. So we had one hiccup, but it was out of the UK. And and the guy he sent me a message directly, and then I called the mm-hmm. office. I was like, hey, uh, I think we got a little hiccup here somewhere, and it was just one of those things, you know, because nobody's perfect. And uh, and then the guy he blessed me out, you know, and I said, man, I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> things happen so fast, and we're new. Mm-hmm. I said, but I tell you what, I'll make it up to you. Well, about two hours later, he messaged back. He said, man, I just, he said, I have a business to run. I said, I understand, and and he said, I want to get you on mm-hmm. the show, and and we made it all work out. But it was, you know, another yeah. day. But it was just, you know, yeah. people mm-hmm. not perfect, and sometimes. You had one, but I've had one out of the forty-five or fifty we've done in a week, you know. So I think that's pretty wow. good. So and yeah, that so is. I think we're we're off to <laughs> yeah. a good track. So yeah, and, and like I said, ever since that one came down on me that time, I learned really yeah. quick how the oh, process yeah. works. And like I said, I like the process now because you, you know, know now we've yeah. got PR companies that send us two, three, four, five people at once. 
to, yeah. and then we schedule them. You know, and and again, it just it really does make the process so much easier. Um, so yeah. um, I respect these now. I did, you know, I I respected them then, but I didn't understand what because I was always like, if I was already friends with this person, why can't I book it? See, I didn't get that's that. Right. It that's never, right. Yeah. It, it didn't. Yeah. It never mm-hmm. clicked. That there's a process. Well, it's about and that, it isn't. It's about like you're saying what you're saying about like with me and Lee. I never went to Lee mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, can you manage me?" Because I got a couple good songs, you know. I think when it yeah. just clicked, it finally just clicked, and, and that's yep. I think the same kind of situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just go to those people, and, and so once it kind of clicks all in place, you just know that it's lining up. It's a it's a crazy experience for sure. <clears throat> so when you look back at your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, "Wow, I got to do that." Some highlights. Um, just there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's several, but it's just, uh, you know, there's a, a lot. Like I said, that I, I get to do as far as right now. I wish that I was mm-hmm. out on the road doing shows. And there's a lot <laughs> that I'd be doing right now that I'd be doing those moments. And I can guarantee you that mm-hmm. some of the shows we had to cancel are just hurting my feelings because this is the first time I've ever got out on, you know, a huge circuit as far as going out and touring. And uh, and mm-hmm. so this would have been my first year of doing it, 2020, which I was excited about it because I mean, 2020, you know, you tour and like that's a uh, that's a good starting point, I felt like. Well, but as far as in the past doing the shows I've done mm. and things, I, I think the children's hospitals and the things that I've got to do in the oh, past, wow. and that that was, was more important. You know, not more important, let me say it like that, but that was just more where my heart strength was yeah. pulled at. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's also, it, you got to be, um, I, I don't know, if you if you got a heart and you go in there and you're, just, you're trying to be that smile and you're trying to make people happy, that's the toughest thing I think I've ever done in my life, but... I think yeah. I, I got in with Larry Batson Children's Hospital back home uh, because, like I said, the local radio station plays, and they do all these different uh, they do all these different things for those companies. You know, like they uh, always mm-hmm. having drives and this and that for them. And they had called up and asked me to come in, and that was just one of the craziest experiences I've got to do. It's just the most blessing experience. But at the same time, you know, when you leave out of there, you just get in your car with tears in your eyes because you had to be up front and smile for the whole hour or two you were there. You know. But I think yeah. as far as a blessing, I was I feel like I was truly blessed to be able to do that. And then that um, was just like I said, that's kind of where I'm at. But doing the shows, I mean, I'm a, every one of them, people come up. Uh, the last show I got to do live right before all this stuff happened, you know, I'm used to, mm-hmm. I, I mean, being mm-hmm. an opening act. I mean, it's just where I'm at in my career. And, yeah. you know, you go out and you sing your songs and then you come back and, you know, I have five or ten people over there, and they bought a picture or they bought a hat or something. Hey, can you sign this card? We want to remember you went, you know, or something. And you shake their hand. Mm-hmm. And you say, hey, I appreciate you. Well, the last show I played, I got off stage, and uh, we had had pictures and hats and, you know, all the stuff for sale out front. Well, the, the guy that run the deal, he came back there backstage. I went back there to get me a drink, and he said, uh, he said, hey, Forty, they're, they're waiting on you out here. And I said, well, I'll tell them I'll be out there in a minute because, like I said, I'm used to five or ten, but I usually go get me a drink and, you know, chill for just a second then go right back out there and get in the, the line of fire and and they mm-hmm. uh there was probably 100 110 people standing out there waiting on me to sign autographs and, and then sign hats oh, wow. and they had bought a ton of merchandise and when i walked away i had got a can diet coke or something you know and i, I walked back mm-hmm. i didn't even open the can of coke i just set it up on a speaker you know and i looked around that was gone after i was like well that's pretty cool at least somebody wanted my diet coke you know? So, but it was just neat to see that I, that I got to walk back, and I thought, you know, this year would have been a lot like that. I'd have got to see a lot more of that, and maybe, you know, that we, we'll still get to do that, but it was still kind of cool. Yeah. So. so one thing I like to do on the show is flip the script at this point where, you know, we talked about the high, some of the highs. I like to go the other way because mm-hmm. I think that people, 
they see the glory of the artist, but they don't see the grind. They they don't see the yeah. sacrifice. They don't see the struggles that the artists actually go yeah. through. And 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 even yeah. artists who are trying to who are about to step into this arena, they don't know what it really takes. And I like to go there yeah. a little bit because I, nobody hears this side of it. And I'm gonna tell a story that will lead us into this on where I want this to go. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, yeah. her daughter and her were full-time with music. And I asked her, one of, the, one of the questions I asked was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She says, because once, yeah. you, become a, once you make it your career or you're working towards it being your career – she goes, you have to think different. You have to eat different. You have to sleep different. You, ha- you have to just be different. She goes, if you have a bad day today and you've got a gig tonight, you have, it doesn't matter. You have to get on that stage and smile like you had the best day ever. She goes, the, they, don't, they can't have birthdays and, and celebrations like everybody else. They miss so much as an artist. But if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Only way that those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Yeah. And let's go there a little bit. That's wow. That's just wow. That's all I can say. That's just awesome. Out of word, you know, and 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 it is tough. I mean, it. You know, everybody does see the smile. They see, you know, you get a new guitar from Gibson. You get this, and I mean, I'm I've been blessed in some in some things. You know, I've I've wrote some mm-hmm. some music. You know, for myself and did stuff. But they don't realize. You know, I'm away from my family. A lot, you know, I'm I'm away from them mm-hmm. well over a half of the year, you know, and that's tough. You know, I've got a 14 year old, 11 year old, and you know, and it's just that's wow. tough. You know, I miss ball games and mm-hmm. miss anniversaries and this and that. I mean, it's just a lot to be away from. But also, mm-hmm. the uh, and I worked offshore, so I worked offshore for six months, and I was home six months. So I'm not gonna oh, say wow. they prepared me because you never prepared prepare prepare. Excuse me <laughs> yeah. to get away from that. But if I can get yeah. that word out, uh, you never, you know to get to get to that point but at the same time it's like uh it's uh i don't know because like i said i think that did prepare me some as far as getting to where i'm at now with it because right now i mean mm-hmm. i go home and two or three i get my yard mode and i bush hog my fields and then i come right back to nashville and it seems like that's my routine right now and my little boys texting mm-hmm. me you know hey did i love you miss you so it's tough but as far as if you got something that burns inside of you, I feel like that's where I'm at with it. This is a dream that yeah. has got a, a lot of disappointments in life. I mean, I watch what I eat. You know, I I love chicken nuggets and McDonald's. You know, who don't? But I can't get the French fries mm-hmm. with them. Or one day if I want French fries, I'd get just the French fries, you know, and I was drinking all that mm-hmm. Cokes. And then I had this new diet and I'm on getting ready to shoot this CMT video. It's like, all right, all water and let's get on, you know, this. And so I'm always having to watch my, my weight and then, being mm-hmm. out in town, you know, it's uh, I don't know. Like I always got to make sure my hair is cut good. Like there's there's so much that goes <laughs> with it that that kind of make mm-hmm. you laugh because yeah. you're like, you know, make sure you get a haircut every week. Yeah, uh, and then you know, make sure you <laughs> shave before you walk out. But there's like I'm in the new stages of it, and like I said, as mm-hmm. far as uh, as it, it is a lot of sacrifices. But if it's something that you love doing, I always tell people, you know, go after it. Uh, there's people that's in Nashville that that are brand new here that come here and I've been here for so long, 14 years, they'll come up to me and say, mm-hmm. you know, what do I do, what do I do. And I, I may hurt their feelings, but I say, best thing you can do is get a good job. You know, make sure your apartment notes paid, make sure your car is paid, make sure you have a good car, mm-hmm. get your life in order. But also if you love doing this, burn your candle at both ends. Cause that's the only way I've ever been able to do it myself. I've burnt my yeah. candle at both ends. I'm tired. I don't get to do vacations much. And when I do, I'm just mm-hmm. ready to relax, you know? And it's, uh, 
but I know it all. Uh, it all unfold. You know, it, it don't matter if you're yeah. starting a pizza company or you want to be an artist. You got to do it the same way. You got to work in that for the first six years. You know, while you're getting it going yeah. or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. you, an artist, you're gonna have to work this. But not only stop work. Like once I make it, you know, a little further, I won't ever stop working hard at it. But it will, you know, when you mm. have a team of people behind you versus when you're coming to Nashville and you're doing all this by yourself, it's a huge mm-hmm. difference. And in, in, in the roles they play that, that, that help me out on a daily basis, you know, I don't have time mm-hmm. to sit around on social media all day. And I, and I do, though. I get on there. I do make my time for that because I want to have yeah. that personal, you know, with my, my fans. And, and when they do post something, they say, hey, can you call us? And I call We want your words on this. What would you say? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so we do work close together, but what they're doing for me right now, I wish I'd have had ten years ago or so when I was really getting mm-hmm. some some momentum going. So it's uh yeah, it's it's just uh it's something you love doing. I don't care if it's old cars and you love singing, you know, if that's what you love doing, keep keep at it. But just make sure you have your life in order first. And that's where I was at with it. I wanted to have my bills paid. I wanted to have a house. I, I wanted mm-hmm. to have you know the things that I wanted, but I also wanted to be able to do my music. And that's just uh. Yeah. I just I tell people to shoot for the stars. Just make sure your bills are paid, you know. And uh, that's like and right sometimes now they take that the wrong way, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's like right now with us, you so, know. Our show doesn't doesn't make money right now. Um, yeah. We're new, we're fairly new, um, so we do side gigs, food delivery, and stuff like that yeah. in the evenings, mm-hmm. so that we can do yeah. the show in the daytime. <laughs> and, but you do what you love. Yeah. Like, you know, oh yes, yeah. we we love and it we so love much. It. Uh, and well, I can't imagine not – it's funny. When Sandy and I first married 17 years ago, I was one of these people that wanted, – I wanted to be on stage and be one of these motivational speakers. And, and all she wanted yeah. to be was in, in music so in some way. It didn't matter how. She just yeah. wanted the music. Yeah. And, and so we married, and it was like I listened to audio tapes all day. She listened to music all day. Well, there's a problem when we're in a car. Yeah. kind of can't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, so we, we yeah. made a deal to kind of flip it 50-50 and kind of mix it up. And, um, well, I always joke that she brainwashed me in all this music stuff because now I'm like everything in here. But <laughs> it's funny, 17 years later, here we are. My passion is speaking. Her passion is music. And we we found a way, and we feel like God led us into this adventure that, that formed us for this show. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, and that's where, that's where I'm at. I mean, you, you know, I, here I am, you know, growing up, love music, love singing at nighttime. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I took a job offshore. I made good money. I didn't make great people mm. things, but, oh, you made a killing. I, I killed my back. You know, I killed my, mm. you know, I, I was uh, driving 13 hours one way to get to a rig, come back the other way when mm. I went to mm. West Texas. I mean, I was gone. I missed, I still missed anniversaries and birthdays and holidays. And, you know, I remember being on an oil rig one time. And they brought all the, the turkeys and all the ham and dressings, and they pulled it up out there. I was on a land rig. And they pulled it up out there mm-hmm. on the back of a flatbed truck on a pallet and said, all right, y'all son saran wrap that kid in there. And yeah, I well. thought, you know, I'm doing all this. But at the end of the day, my mm-hmm. family was took care of. And then also I was I was able to come to Nashville. Yeah, I got off. I had two weeks. So I knew a week of that I was going to get to run to Nashville. And I was going to get to <laughs> go on stage. And the ten songs I might have played for that showcase or, or mm-hmm. the songs I was going in there writing or the songs I was recording or those things, that was my – seven days of glory for that month you know or, or that was my yeah. relief like that mm-hmm. was you know some people mm-hmm. like i said they they work on old cars or they do this or they whatever that was just my that was my time you know and that's kind of been my vacation yeah. for the last 14 years you know it's okay well i, I really want to go to florida with y'all right now because i know that's going to be fun but 
you know, I got this one song I really want to get laid down because this could be the one. This could be the one. This, so that's when yeah. you know it's in your heart because you, you yeah. know that there's something there. <laughs> but it's still yeah. it's still tough on you because you're like, you know, now that just it wasn't good enough. We got it recorded and that wasn't it. But I should have went to Florida. But you know, but you're lining up another <laughs> one to go do it again. So you almost ask yourself sometimes yeah. like, why did you do this here? Why are you doing that? <laughs> but it's something that you can't control. I feel like you know I got like yeah. I said. Um, You'll be just going in town and back home in the grocery store. We love your music, you know, this or that. And all those things that, you know, that that people say to me, like, they just, they help me. You know, they don't make my head big, like some people say, but they're like, thank you for saying that because it keeps my fuel in my fire. It keeps my wood in my fireplace, I guess. It keeps Mm -hmm. me going, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's my fuel. And uh, so that's where I'm at with it. You know, I just, I've always worked and I've always kept my music going and I've always kept my way there somehow. And. And uh, here we are today, and, and I got a song, like I said, it was on the top. It was sitting above Marin Morris and Luke Bryan on the, on the Apple hot track oh, wow. the other day, and I thought, wow, is this really going to happen oh. this time? You know, and and, my, and right before I called you, I had three people from back home and, and another person from mm-hmm. up here in Tennessee. They sent me a message and said, we just heard a song on the radio, and they sent me little clips of it. <laughs> this may be the one. This may be the one. And, you know, and then... <laughs> You know, knowing oh, in my head, wow. I got an interview, you know, with you guys and stuff. It's just, and then the ones that's lined up the rest of the week and the ones I've had Monday mm-hmm. and Tuesday, and it's just, it's crazy right now. It's, it's kind of still like, don't pinch me because I don't want to wake up from this, you know. So, because, <laughs> yeah. because, I'm still at that you know, point right a, now. Because with, with a lot of the big artists, there's always that one song that takes them to that next level. Yeah. It is, yeah. And but you, the thing is, you don't, you know, th- that's why you have to put in the work that you're that you're putting in because you don't know which song that will be. You don't, you don't, you don't know. And and I was on the radio last uh, Thursday. I was down on the radio station and the day before that. I was at my dad. My dad's got dump trucks and some, you know, uh, mm-hmm. dirt work and stuff. He said, "Hey, we got this deal we want to do, and can you help us?" I went down there Wednesday and I busted butt all day, you know, <laughs> unloading dirt. And oh, I was wow. I was spreading and Aww. tracking it back, and then Thursday morning I was in a <laughs> I was in the radio station when I took my little boy with me. My 11-year-old went with me, and he was just – he was over the cloud nine. I don't know what cloud he was on, but he was way past nine, you know. And He was just sitting there smiling ear to ear, and they would <laughs> call in and talk to me, and, and that was the most <laughs> heart-filling moment. I almost started crying. I ain't going to lie to you. And then Friday, I had a uh, – you know, I had to get in the truck come back to Nashville. So And then I've had <laughs> interviews uh, just where we're getting ready for some interviews and some live videos and, and some of these larger <laughs> – um, release companies as far as like internet stuff like they want me to come in and they want the videos to be you know good but they want them to be you mm-hmm. and they're just training me kind of right now on, on how to get yeah. some things done and so uh but it was just it's just crazy Cause like i said last wednesday here i am dirt work thursday here i am you know in, in in the radio station friday here i am on the way to nashville and then you know i'm training up for these interviews and here i am on your show today and it's just man it's crazy mm-hmm. to see that unfolding so <laughs> you're paying the price that one sure. song Oh yeah, yeah. So. And, and I'm glad you went and you said all that because I think again, like I said, I all on every show I I talk about that side of it because no, because from what I've seen, people really don't talk about that side of it on most shows. Yeah. And I want to make sure that they don't. we get that side out because I want that side. I want people to understand that being an artist is really a passion because. You, to go through what you have to go through to make it, you'd be crazy if you didn't have a passion for it. <laughs> oh, you got to have a passion. That's the, that's the first place you got to have. You got to have that passion. So, <laughs> so definitely true. So we're gonna take a so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna play your song 
more to this glass and love, love, love that song. Thank um, you. And then we're going to come back and then we're going to talk about that. How's that sound? Perfect. Sounds good. All right. Hang on there. Here we go. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Call life. It's gonna take a lot more of these kind of nights. It may 
really love that song. Yes, great song. Thank you. Thank you so much. So tell us the story behind that song. Uh, well, you know, that song was presented to me by my producer. They brought mm-hmm. it in. We've been looking for songs for, I'm talking about it seemed like years, but it was only about, you know, <laughs> six or seven months. And we had been, uh, I actually, at the time, he wasn't he wasn't really my producer. He was a buddy of mine that, that's doing some good things, mm-hmm. country music's producer. But we were friends, and he was going to produce a project on me and kind of see where it went. And uh, we were all in Vegas, and I got up and sang, and that's kind of where that relationship started. And then we <laughs> got back here, and I actually was working again, doing some stuff here, and and uh, he called one day. He said, "Hey, come by. You know, I got a song I want you to hear." And and uh, went by there, and I, you know, people send you songs like when they know you're looking, and we we had a good deal kind of mm-hmm. going, so we had people sending us all kind of songs. I'm talking about all kind of songs, and 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 I don't want this to sound too bad, but I always thought in life that if I get the same song George Strait got presented to him or somebody like that, I could I could do it. You know? <laughs> but when people send yeah. you songs, they're not all the they're not all yeah. like everyone number ones. I'll go ahead and tell you. So we were just looked and we were blue in the face. We yeah. set up with uh, we mm-hmm. set up with different songwriters. Well, he called. He said, "Can you come by?" And so I got there, and he said, "I got the perfect song for you." He said, "Uh, won't you listen to it?" And I said, "Okay." Well, we listened to uh the first song he played was like terrible. I'm talking about terrible, terrible. And I said, "Uh, yeah, Jeff, I, you know, I like that, uh, but I don't think that's me." And you know, and he mm-hmm. said, "Well, just think about. It. I've got one more I want you to hear." Which I knew the first one at that point. I was like, "It's got to be a joke," but I'm gonna be serious about it and say, you know, this. So then the second one he played was more in this class. And when he got through playing, I looked at him. And I said, that's a song right there. I said, that's, that's just a good song. And, and he said, that's the one I wanted you to hear. He said, I just was messing with you on the first one. He said, but he said, we got to record this song. It sounds like you. And uh, and that was just, you know, and honestly, I, I had told him in the beginning, I said, I don't really want a song about drinking or nothing. I'd like to find me a good, you know, different type style love song yeah. or something. And there it was like yeah. that song came out. And I was like, that's perfect. So it was almost it was just, it was the stars lining up again and and we cut the song and uh, that song was probably you know as far as how I feel and not how everybody else felt but how you know mm-hmm. you know how you are when you're talking or you're doing something or you, or you like a car of a certain kind like I I myself was like I I like the song a lot I said but I like this other song that we did too and and he said mm-hmm. well let's just put it out there and see what happens so they actually kind of put it out on some small stations and next thing you know that was the one that blew up and then the more I listened to it, I'm like I should have picked that one first I don't know why I didn't. You know, because now it grew on me. <laughs> but that was the one. That, you know, I'm not just not gonna lie about it. it. Just took me a time or two. But after I got used to it, I'm like, that should have been my first pick. You know, so. Uh, but it just, it's a good song, and, and we and we love it. And, and I can just see the video for that song. And that's another thing. After I listened to it, really mm-hmm. gave it. You know, my my full attention. Um, we had yeah. another song that's actually on YouTube. They can look up called Use, and I just like that song. I just I love that style song, and I liked it. But when I went back and listened to this one, this is just one you can see the video for. I mean, uh, more in this glass, you know, you can just kind of sit back and just envision yeah. what it would be like. And so when we could yeah. shoot this video, I went in for them, the meeting because they're talking about how, you know, how it's going to play out in the roles, who's playing this and that. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's how I imagine it in my head. That's crazy. So And it was almost like right on cue with what I was thinking. So that was pretty cool to see how that Again, lining up. Well. It did. So it's pretty cool. So, um, I could tell that your parents were really behind you. Tell us a parent story to where they went above and beyond where where you – was one of the moments you realized they really believe in what you're doing. Yeah. Well, like I said, my mom and dad divorced when I was a year old. You know, my 
dad, he worked out of town a lot. My my mom, she, you know, worked a lot. My grandmother and my nanny, she actually raised me. You know, my grandmother, she was her. And then my mom, you know, she kept me some. And my dad would get me on the weekends as he could. And, and it was just kind of like a... I'm not going to call it a broken home by any means, but it was just uh, it was a family affair, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. It took them all to get me yeah. raised, and uh, I came to Nashville right after 2011 when that song. I'll just go to this right after 2011. You're talking about a parent. I guess I can call my grandmother. She was a lot to do in my mm-hmm. life, you know. Right yeah. after 2011 when that song came out, about 2015, I got ready to go in with Go Time Records because because you get a song out, it takes you a little while, and you got to find songs, you got to mm-hmm. record, you got to get your final mixes, and it just takes you a long time to to kind of yeah. uh, get them out. When you're doing it the way that I was doing it, just kind of on my own and trying to figure things out. Uh, so in 15, I went to go to Go Time Records again. I was writing songs, but I was looking for songs uh, part, as part of my album because I wanted to put out a uh, a full album or either at least four or five songs instead of just one song. Well, uh, I had called Tommy Barnes a few times and never really could get back in touch with him. And it wasn't nothing wrong. It was just uh, he was busy. He was in songwriting festivals mm-hmm. doing this and that. Well, one day he called me, and I was in Nashville. And he said, hey, Forty, when you get a chance, come by and see me. He said, uh, your grandmother called me. And uh, and he said, she, you know, want to ask me why I wasn't helping you in this and that. So I didn't even know how she got his phone number. And so the thing that was funny about it was I called him, and I said, I promise you I didn't put her up to that. And I called her, you know, and and uh, she's passed mm-hmm. on now, but I had called her then, and uh, I said, how did you get a hold of him? She said, you don't worry about that. She said, I just felt like he was ignoring you a little bit, and I wanted to make sure that he knew that, that you had a bunch of support team back home. And, and I said, you don't do that. And she's like, oh, but anyway, it actually, he drove down. So I actually went home that following weekend or something, and what I was doing was kind of coming back and forth here. I was working and coming back and forth again, you know, and so I was still mm-hmm. at home here. Mm-hmm. And he actually drove down to Meridian, Mississippi, about four hours from Nashville, three and a half, four hours from Nashville, and he met us at Cracker Barrel, and we all said that he wanted to meet my grandmother. He said, a woman had a call and knew what she did, trying to make sure that I got a He said, I want to meet that woman. And me and him are still close to this day, and he's always giving mm-hmm. me words of advice. Oh, wow. he he drove all the way down there on his time, his money, his everything, and and uh and bought our lunch and everything just so he could meet my grandmother. And then we all got back to Nashville and he and we we cut some. She made you know, an impression, songs, but she made an impression. But I, I won't <laughs> forget that as long as I live because I just you know these people you don't present like you don't walk up on them and say hey uh, this is so and so he's a good singer can you give him five songs or it's just and you're friends with them you don't go to them all the time because yeah. you know they'll be turning you kind of mm-hmm. cold show. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of where I was at. With, yeah, I was like, don't say nothing. You know, I'm I'm that person. I won't. I, I work for a cousin of mine sometimes up here in Nashville. Still, like if I don't have nothing to do for a day or two, I'll help him deliver stuff. And and when I was on the radio mm-hmm. interview last week, we were talking about something, and he, uh, I delivered a wood splitter out to John Party's house about three or four weeks ago oh, wow. for my cousin's company. Wow. So I had to hook to uh, I had to hook to a trailer on my truck and got. So got to the, the the radio station last week, and the guy said, "You're a full blown country singer now. Like you're in the business and you're doing this." He said, "How does that work when you go to John Party's house and you're like, hey, 'Hey, I'm a country singer. You're a country singer. You want to hang out?'" I'm like, "No, don't hang. It don't work that way." I said, "I didn't even mention to him I did music." And he started. He said, "How how does that work?" And it just blown his mind that I was just there to deliver a wood splitter. And he said, "What's going to be funny is when y'all end up on tour together." And he says, "Where'd I know you from?" He said, "I delivered that wood splitter, you know." So. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's funny how these little stories, you know, they they pop out. But uh, but that yeah, that's, that's one of my grandmothers cool. for sure, and she was a huge part and, of my life. I mean, like I said, she 
got my clothes and and she mm-hmm. made sure I was took care mm-hmm. of it. And you know oh, wow. the, the craziest thing about that is uh, when all this stuff unfolded with Lee and, and the management and mm-hmm. the publicity, like everything started coming to the, the one person I wanted to call was her and tell her because that was like my <laughs> oh, I ain't wow. gonna say lifeline, but she was my person. Yeah. You know? So as far yeah. as telling a story about her, I, that's that's why that, I went there. Awesome. Like I said, she um she was a good woman and she she made sure I was took care of. So. You know, it's funny you use the term a family affair because that's what I always say with our yeah. show. We consider our show a family affair um, because yeah. we have a eight-year-old that we kind of consider him like a co-host because we allow him to ask one question to each artist on our yeah, show. Yeah, that's awesome. He, and when we get – so she's going to get him on in just a second. And we got a 15-month-old, and when she gets older, we'll plug her in too. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. That will be the good ones there. So, no filter. <laughs> yep. Definitely be a good They question. always remember – they always remember him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, here's Christopher. Forty, what's your favorite food? What's what? My favorite food? Mm-hmm. My favorite, my, my favorite food would be hibachi food. I like hibachi. <laughs> I like it where they cook it right in front of you. <laughs> and what's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. I love pizza, too. And my brother's name is Chris. Christopher, and we called him Chris, so that's pretty cool right there. He lives out in Arizona. He builds custom guitars, so that's pretty neat. Bye. So, <laughs> awesome name. Bye, buddy. Yeah, he he comes and goes, um, yeah. but he loves it. There's been a few times where we've had to cut the interview short, and he didn't get to do mm-hmm. his little question, and Uh-oh. he gets upset. But just, oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're talking about my little boy's 11. Like I said, he went to the radio with me the other day, and, and it was you know uh-huh. Father's Day week. And so every day they were having oh, some well. kind of sequence or something on the radio. And he said, you know, I want to know your best Father's Day joke or the best cheesiest one or whatever. And we were telling him what little jokes we know. And my mm-hmm. little boy, he's funny. Like, he'll he'll just make you laugh. Like, he's – I don't know if, whether you're looking at him or you're doing something or he's telling you a joke or he'll be like, okay, I went to the store and I bought this. Like, he is going to be – he's got to be a comedian when he grows up, I'm guessing, <laughs> because he's funny. Well <laughs> – he uh he asked the radio host asked him said will you say anything on the air or, or do you want to speak up and he just, you know he just quiet and uh, and when I'm when he's at home and I'm on the radio he's listening like he's on the his phone got it pulled up he's got it on, on the, if it's the house he's got it on the radio he's in the car I mean he's recording it uh-huh. like he's he's all about his daddy well he uh he got in the truck the other day to leave and he said I wish I'd have said something on the radio. I said, why? He said, so all my friends knew I were with you, that I was really with you. Because the host kept saying we got Big 40. His little name is 42, so we're both 40. That was my uh, grandfather's name. It's a family uh, name that I'll pass down to him, or I have passed down to him as well. So it'll keep kind of going in generations. Well, he, it was just funny because he said, I wish I'd have said something on the radio. So people would have known I was with you. And I, I about broke my heart. I almost turned around and went back and said, hey, we got to let him say something. But, uh, uh, but it's still fun. He'll, he'll get the opportunity to, you know. So, yeah, yes. that's really cool. Because so, you know, no matter what you do in life, it's really about family. It is, yeah, it is a lot. It's, I mean, that's the when you do crash and burn, and I'm not saying that I will sooner, but I mean, at different times in life, you have highs and you have lows, especially when you're an artist mm-hmm. or you're you're doing something. I don't care if you play football or baseball. I got a 14 year old; he loves football, and I know he'll have mm-hmm. a lot of ups and downs. He's good at what he does, but yeah. you know we're. Everybody yeah. has their ups and downs, and I think you know you have. And I know, not think I know you have to have your family when when that happens, you know, because you need them close, and they'll pull you back in and say, you know, let's cast mm-hmm. another line and make this thing happen. And that's the kind of family I've always had, and it's always been good to have, 
you know, a team of people like that behind you because it makes yeah. – it's just like the PR team. It's not just a PR team in Nashville, Tennessee. It's your team back home in Mississippi, making sure the boys get here, get there, my dad. You know, just different people. Um, they mm-hmm. they build up, make this thing work for you. So it's – your life's about a team, I feel like, a lot of times. You know, you got all yeah. kind of different teams in life, and, and, I, and I've been mm-hmm. blessed to have some good teams, and, and that's where things are lining up for me, so. That is awesome. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, goodness. That's a, that's a good one. There's so many. I mean, it's hard to just say one, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. huh. Let me say dead or alive. You know, Elvis was my person, like, before anything. But, you oh, know, right. and this is going to sound funny. Here we're going back to my grandmother again. But I would honestly uh-huh. like to sit down with Michael Bolton and write a country song. People are going to laugh when they oh, hear that'd that. that would be awesome. But Michael Bolton was the only person that me and my grandmother could communicate on going down the road. She was a sales rep. <laughs> uh, she worked at grocery yeah. stores and stuff. She had um, for spice companies. And she um only person. She wouldn't listen to Gar. She wouldn't listen to me because she was like, oh, I don't listen to that country music. And so she wanted, we had to agree on one artist. It was like you and your wife talking about earlier, you know, she listened to storybooks. <laughs> My grandmother listened to these books on audio tape, mm-hmm. you know, on actual cassette yeah. tape. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to that. I, I'm not tired of this, you know, book. So we finally mm-hmm. got together on music and we would listen to Michael Bolton. We had about seven or eight of his albums or whatever he had ever <laughs> made, I'm sure, in the car. And that's what we would agree on. So <laughs> as far as doing it for her. I would like I'd like to write with Michael Bolton a country song and actually get it on a record and I don't think I could hold a note like he can or even do a duet but as far as writing it and cutting a song I think it would be awesome to do one to do one with him sit down and just say hey this means the world to me let's do it you know that so, would be cool so if um, it'd be a cool collaboration at least yeah <laughs> is there a song out there that you've heard that you wish you wrote. Uh, I like Craig Campbell's song on the outskirts of heaven. I just that's one of the ones I, I kind of in that one, and then buy me a boat by Chris Jensen. As far as newer music, that's two that I wish I would have wrote for sure. Because I'm I love boats and I buy and sell some Harleys and I buy and sell some boats and I, uh that's why every time I want a Harley, somebody says is that a new one because I buy them and then I flip them every two weeks and I do the boats and jet skis the same way. So I always wish mm-hmm. that money can't buy happiness, but it can buy me a boat. I've always kicked myself like, why didn't I write that? You know, it's like a three-chord song or something, maybe four chords. I'm like, I could have wrote that. Uh-huh. But it's uh, that's just one of them for sure. Yeah, that is so. cool. So um, about to ask a question, I have a purpose in the way I ask it, now it's after okay. I ask it. But if okay. you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where would you yeah. be in five years? And the reason I ask it in this way is this past February made five years that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini. And yeah. the answer she gave us back then is how she's living right now. So she knew exactly yeah. where she wanted to go and went after it. And so I always yeah. like to try to get the artists to open up a little bit on where would they really be in five years if all bets yeah. were off. So if all bets were off and it would come true, where do you want to be in five years? I'd like to be uh I'd like to be, you know, a little further along in the music business, no doubt. I'd like to have mm. I'd like to have I wouldn't even have to have number one, but I'd just like to have something in the top twenty at least and uh <laughs> and be on tour with some guys, you know, and I'd mm. like to bring not not traditional music as far as like uh you know, like back to the nineties. I love traditional music and I just I'd like to be I'd like to be a little further along, but my dream mm. goal as far as looking in five years or ten years and saying I did it and this is where I wanna be, I'd like to I'd like to make enough off of it to buy both my boys their houses. That's what I've always said. I'd like to do well enough music business that I could turn around one day and say, 
All right, my boys, which, which one of these houses you want to buy them that? Because that's 30 years of their life they could knock off, you know, as far as having to pay a big debt like that. And that's just kind of where I want it. And I may not do that in five years, but I'd like to be further along in my music and, and keep seeing it rising in the next five years above that, you know. I'd like mm-hmm. it to I'd like it to grow from where it's at for sure. That is so awesome. I'd like so to let, still I'd say, like to still be able to be here in the music business. Yeah. And I think you will be. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well fourteen years and, um, flew by. It seemed like last year when I came up here, you know, and then here it is fourteen <laughs> years. So five years is really not yeah. that long anymore, but it seems like if I can set myself up for the next five after that I'll be just as happy as long as I can get to do music. Yeah. You know? So let's say you had a friend and you heard him, him or her sing, and let's say yeah. that you could tell there's something special about them. Now this would be pre-COVID yeah. advice, so keep keep that in mind. Um, and let's say that they've played maybe 30 shows, so they're still getting their feet yeah. wet, but they've gotten they've gotten on that stage and they've looked at the crowd with the cheering, and they just know they're in the right place. They come to you and they say, 40, yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life." What advice yeah. would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, or four years? Now, now let's pretend that they yeah. got the an income to cover their bills, because I remember yeah, you, you made a right. big that's point right. to yeah. that earlier. So, yeah. so let's say that, that they've got an income, but they know that this is what they're supposed to do. What advice would you give yeah. that? I would tell them, I'd tell them to buckle down, and, and as far as if they've got an income and they don't have to chase bars, I'd tell them to go to as many songwriter festivals as they can mm-hmm. and get in with these songwriters, because these people behind the scenes is what makes it happen, you know? And, mm-hmm. and the songs that you come out with, it's, it's about recording and finding the songs that are you. So a lot of people... I mean, I can write, people can write. There's a lot of artists that don't mm. write a lot of their songs, you know. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. George Strait, for instance, you know, he's just now really started writing his last few things. I would just tell him to go to these songwriter festivals and spend, if they have money as far as a job and doing stuff, still do their shows because they like to have, it's something about that energy of a crowd. It don't matter if you're singing at a pub or you're singing at a, a, a watermelon festival or whatever it is you're singing at, you still need that every yeah. now and then. But if you've got the, the time and the effort to put into this thing and you want to do it, I would mm-hmm. go to these big songwriter festivals. Mm-hmm. I'd go to Gatlinburg and I'd go to Key West. I'd go to these big writers and I would just, I'd start making friends with these writers. Yeah. And I'd get on the books with them to write and I would start getting songs because, you know, just because you find four songs and you go in and cut those four songs don't mean you got a hit. Mm-hmm. So you need to have somebody yeah. else. You, instead of you posting online or you try to write another four songs, you need to just keep getting in with these songwriters and, and, uh, you know, just keep just getting close to them. And these festivals, they sing their songs, and you can kind of relate. If it's a song you relate, get that song, put it in your little book. But you almost need to build your own book of songs off other people so that you can hopefully get mm-hmm. to that one song. Because at the end of the day, when you find that right one song, and I feel like you get it recorded, and, and you mm-hmm. feel like you got something, that's when things start moving. It's not because somebody heard you on a bar stool downtown and they thought, oh, you're great. Let's yeah. take you in the studio tomorrow and sing. But just like my case, Tommy Barnes wanted me to do a demo song for him, and mm-hmm. I but I didn't know at the time about songwriter festivals. I think if I had to do back over again, years ago I would have started going to them uh, instead of the, just the last wow. two or three years. I would I would have started going to songwriter festivals from the beginning yeah, and getting more in with sense. the inside group of people, you know, because those people can get you to the producers, they can get you to the people, and you can build your friendships. But during that time, if you can do it, you need to be in there and, and getting songs and getting in with the songwriters. Mm-hmm. So that is really, 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 really great advice. Yeah. Now, as we come down to the last question here that we have for you today, um, since you do a lot of interviews, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Hmm. 
Well, I mean, y'all pretty much cover it good because, you know, like I said, I, as far as the family and stuff, as far as, the, you know, who raised you or who did it, that was all kind of covered in this one. And a lot of them don't. You know, they try to keep it about your song and where the song came from. And, and it's just yeah. uh, most of them not an hour long, don't get me wrong. But uh, <laughs> but I think uh, mm-hmm. I just – I think y'all pretty much covered all of them do. because, like I said, yeah, y'all do, y'all do a great job on that. And a lot of them I know they they only have, like, most of them that go on the air with somebody in the morning, 35, 40 minutes when I'm on a radio show. And they'll ask you about the song, where the song came from. I think I take up most of their time. But, but I think as far mm-hmm. as uh, what's important to them, you know, outside of music, I think that's a good question to ask, too, because people do, you know, we have hobbies. You know, I'm like I told you, I'm into Harley-Davidson <laughs> and riding Harley. Doing stuff. That's you know my hobby, and, you know. And I usually ask that question. One of my questions yeah. on the sheet actually is, what are your hobbies? But yeah. you talked about that at the yeah. beginning. That's why I didn't bring well, it we up. Did. We did, yeah. That's awesome. But that's that's only one. Like I so said, just outside the box, who are you? I think that would be an easier question yeah. for me to ask. Yeah. I don't, I'm that person. Like yeah. I'm, I want to be humble, but also I just when somebody says we want to know who you are, where you come from, what, I'm, I freeze up a little bit because I'm like ah, I just don't. That's the one that's hard. But you say who are you outside of music? Outside of music, you know, that's just a yeah. that would be a, a simpler question. I feel like for me to answer. So. That um, is really awesome. Inside, inside the yeah, inside the music. I mean, like I said, that's um, it's it's kind of like suiting up for the game. You know, you do all you can do to to get where you want to go. So and mm-hmm. getting ready to play the game. You know, so it's a, uh, it's just a uh, that's a good one. And I that's, think you already try to put that in books. And that's one thing we tried to be different on, because uh, you know, when we first launched the Kristen Sandy show, I was like, how can we be different out there? And of course, a married couple doing a show together, that's already different. Um, but I wanted to be really different, and that was yeah. one of the things. I was like, you know what? Most most of the up and coming artists they get, you know, maybe fifteen, twenty, sometimes thirty minutes. They can't yeah, really they tell their tell who they are. Like yeah, can't really <laughs> tell who yeah. they are outside of music and all that. I like, that's who, that's who we're going to be. We're we're going to allow them enough time so that they can tell their story. That's awesome. And we hope that you've gotten out what you wanted to get out on the show. I did, I did, I did. So I appreciate it a lot for having me. <clears throat> so tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, you can get on our 40 Hayes music, uh, 40 Hayes. Uh, I guess 40, just Google. You can Google 40 Hayes. You should pop up 40 Hayes music with uh, Facebook. And you can find our music on any place you stream music, whether that's Spotify or Apple Music, any of it. Uh, just type in 40 Hayes. It's F O R. D I E, and then the last name's H A Y S with no E, so Forty Hayes. And uh, like I said, you can type it in on Facebook, Google any of those, to bring it right on up to you. Shoot me a message and let me know where you're from, and and I'll be glad to interact with some of y'all on there as well. So that is awesome, and you know we really enjoyed having you today, and we look forward Thank to having you so much back on the road. Sounds maybe before five years, though. I'd like to see where the plan is <laughs> yeah. before five years, so. All right, yeah. I'll see you next time. Thank you all so much. All right. Bye. Appreciate Thanks. you. Bye. Bye.